All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Can you see Did you know Check, but the puck comes right to Pedersen who tries a bank pass for Besser. In with a shot, he scores! A moment's notice At arm's You're listening to Canucks Conversation. Quinn Hughes beat reporter here. Like, I don't I don't cover the Canucks. Yeah. I cover Quinn Hughes and what he's doing to the Canucks. A member of the Nation Network podcast and delivered by DoorDash. Just wave the guy and get Demko involved. I wanted them in and down. Wow. We should do a radio show together. <laughs> right on. I want to fist bump you right now. What Pearl steals, cutting in, shoots, scores! Don't waste all the good stuff on the off air. Let's go. Hello Canucks fans and welcome back to another episode of the Canucks Conversation brought to you by the great folks at Zephyr Epic. You can use promo code Hockey Season capital H capital S all one word Hockey Season that will get you $5 off your order at Zephyr Epic. 
Go to zephyrepic.com. Go buy yourself some hockey cards. There's a lot of Panini releases right now, folks. The basketball cards. Yeah. the And not the kind of Paninis that I like. The basketballs, the football cards, and uh, all that good stuff. There's some UFC cards. I believe those are called prisms. But uh, UFC cards now available at zephyrepic.com. So go check them out. Uh, follow them on all platforms. Facebook, Twitter, Twitch, Instagram. And the best part about Zephyr Epic, in our humble opinion, is that they ship free anywhere in Canada, Canada-wide, on any order over $50 from... From Penticton to Powerview Pine Falls. Oh, that's a powerful name. It is. Well, it's got power in the first five letters. Powerview Pine Falls, Manitoba. Good little spot over there. Population uh, 1,314. But here's the thing. That was the last time they were in a census, according to Wikipedia, 2011. So I, who knows how many people are yeah, left who knows? In, in Powerview, Pine Falls, Manitoba. But the record low temperature, take, just take a shot. Shot in the dark here. All time, the record low temperature. Well, can you tell me what, what's the closest big city it's close to? Uh, it's in Manitoba, so Winnipeg. Okay. Well, are you sure about that? No. Okay. Well, you know, Churchill is very different than, you know, Winnipeg. Okay. Well, it's, it's in Manitoba. Okay. Uh, you're asking me the record Southeast low? Southeast Manitoba. Okay, record low. Uh, I'll say minus 43. Minus 46.7 with a I wind chill of minus 52.1. This is a cold uh, cold little spot here. And they had uh, the record of snowfall in one year, 99 centimeters one year. In a Which day? Is, no, not in a day. That's, well, maybe in a day. 99 centimeters? Can you get that much snow in a day? Well, I don't yeah. think so. How how long's a ruler? Thirty centimeters, right? Yeah, yeah you can get that a meter, in a day. Though. That's a meter of snow in a day. I don't know about that. Yeah. Well, okay. what sometimes you get it here in Vancouver, it's like five to ten, ten to twenty five. I've seen, but I've we never seen down. Like, I've never seen twenty five to fifty. Yeah, but you could maybe in Manitoba. I guess I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I'm not doubting Manitoba here. Okay, we're also oh, delivered no, to before you. that. I got I got more stuff here. Powerview Pine Falls. What do you think their uh, their largest employer is? I won't make you answer that. BC They're, Hydro. Nope. Their Wait, largest Manitoba Hydro. <laughs> wow. I guess BC Hydro doesn't have much business in Manitoba. Flip that. Uh, their largest employer, Pine Falls Hospital. And oh. this is you know this is after of course the closing of the paper mill, which uh, you and I both know. Powerview Pine Falls. That paper mill. That uh, that was a lot of jobs. A tough times after the paper mill closed down uh, in Powerview Pine Falls. Yeah, our you, thoughts are with the folks of Power View. Pine yeah, that, Falls. that it was a nice paper mill there. Okay, can can we move on? Powerful paper mill. This is an intro that we're trying to get through. Yep, we're also delivered to you by the great folks at DoorDash. Ding dong! Use I'm promo. on DoorDash tonight. I'm telling you right now. Uh, now that we moved into the new place, girlfriend's having her brother over for dinner, and uh, her parents are like, "Let's get dinner on me." All on DoorDash. So we're hitting like four different places. I'm getting creme brulee tonight from DoorDash. Wow. Yeah. Okay, well, if you do use DoorDash tonight, which it sounds like you're going to, make sure you use promo code CONVODD, capital C, capital T's, uh, all one word. That will get you 25% off and free delivery on the DoorDash app. So be sure to go use it on your first order, folks. So go check it out. Uh, DoorDash, CONVODD is the promo code there. Does not get much better than that, folks. My name is Dave Guadrelli. I am joined, as always, by the man who built the place back in our old studio, Chris Faber. Yeah, I got my comfy chair that I put into my office. Uh, not permanently, 
But for the time being, until I find that perfect chair, I mean, a little Goldilocks situation right now. Some chairs are too firm. Some chairs are too soft. I got to find that perfect one, but I'll, I'll use the old trusty one that I have. Um, so I'm sitting in this old Italian chair <laughs> that uh, matches the hardwood on the floor. And I feel like I'm going to go right through this thing if I lean in any direction. I so, just realized you're sitting in that chair, and I'm, I I think that care, chair should be counting its days. I was going to say, I need one of these chairs for each of my cheeks. I'm sitting here. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to flip. Either way I go, if I lean left or lean right, this thing's tipping right over. So this I'm was, not in a great spot here. This was made for, you know, these chairs support my family. I'm like the tallest person in my yeah, family. Yeah, the back on this chair, I feel like it's like... Don't uh, lean back. A couple pieces up my spine. I, it's not even getting close to my shoulder blades. Don't like lean a, back. Like a, a tall chair to sit in, which is what I'm looking for right now. Thanks to some help. I got Andy coming in. Uh, CSWC Andy's been a big help. Helped me find out a good chair. Uh, and also some other people coming in. Uh, as soon as I asked for recommendations on Twitter, and I got some paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs about chairs. I appreciate everyone uh, trying to help out here. So I'm looking for a nice ergonomic chair. Yeah, I hear I, that gaming chairs... All the rage, but all the worst for your back, too. That's what everyone keeps really? telling me. Yeah. Okay. See, I want I a nice wing back. I want a nice reading chair. You a know? wing back. Yeah, yeah, you know what a wing back is? Uh, it's a position in football. Well, it's like the chair you'd see in a living room where the, the back kind of flares. That's why they call it a wing back. You know what I mean? No idea. If I showed you a picture, you'd know exactly what I mean. Okay. We got a lot to get to, Chris. So let's get to it. Uh, on today's episode, Dan Milstein, agent of Danila Klimovich and future Canuck, Whoa. according to many. Whoa. Andre Kuzmenko, super agent, some call super him. agent Dan Milstein will be joining us on this episode. Uh, we also had a chance to speak with Abbotsford Canucks general manager Ryan Johnson. This, of course, fresh off the Abbotsford Canucks sweep at the hands of uh, the Bakersfield Condors. Abbotsford Canucks, obviously, uh, you know, out of the playoffs within a just over twenty four hour span. Yeah, you know it sucks. People who were like, "Oh, I'm gearing up for the AHL playoff run. I bought that thirty dollar package for the playoffs. That's what the AHL TV was doing. You could have bought single games for eight ninety nine, and you would have wouldn't have spent as much money. You would have spent almost half the amount. They screwed you. The AHL TV. They screwed you. Now you're stuck watching. I don't know Bakersfield and Stockton go to battle <laughs> against each other. Who cares about that? If I wanted to see Philip Broberg flub fifteen passes in a game, I'd go back and watch him play in Sweden. Now you can watch it in the AHL, though, so everyone can use their AHL playoff package together. You know, I was talking to one of the Oily Boys the other day about this Philip Broberg, and I tell you, the one thing that you want to see in the AHL from players, you see it from Jack Rathbone, you see it from Will Lockwood, smart players, don't see any of that from Phil, Philip Broberg at which, all. Which Oily Boy were you talking to? I was talking to the GM. Oh, Technically an Oily oh, Boy, I guess. Oh, oh I thought you, okay. Not okay. an OG Oily Boy. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Okay. Working on some, some side deals behind your back. <laughs> I was going to say, I'm like, why are you talking to Oily Boys without me? What the heck? Yeah, got some deals. Some, I don't know, DoorDash deals. Ding dong. We got, uh, you know, going to take that 25, bump it up to 30% by the time I'm done here. All right. The other big news of the day, Chris, uh, the Canucks let go of some scouts today. Uh, we're going to get into the Abbotsford talk. We've got a lot to talk about because there were some interesting qu quotes about Danila Klimovich, uh, which we'll get into a little bit more uh, with his agent when we speak to him on this episode. But uh, the, I guess the biggest news of the day, Canucks dismissed four amateur scouts. Uh, obviously, the headliner there includes Brandon Benning. Uh, who is you know the son of former GM Jim Benning was hired in 2015-16, uh, so he was let go uh, by the Canucks today, along with Derek Richard, Tim Lenardin, and Pat Conacher. I think the key thing here, Chris, is obviously yeah they let go of Brandon Benning, uh, you know son of Jim Benning, so you know 
that was one that I don't think came as a surprise to many people. But with Derek Richard, like he'd been on since 2018-19, uh, it, it was Tim Lenarden that caught a lot of people's attention because, again, guy's been with the club for over 20 years, right, mm-hmm. and started working as an amateur scout in 2000-2001. I've heard... Uh, and I don't think this will come as a surprise to anybody, but I've heard that, you know, Rutherford and Alvin kind of got here and saw the state of things and were like, sorry, what do you do here to a, a few different people um, and and kind of, you know, wanted to bring more stability and structure. Obviously, Rutherford uh, talked about in his press conference, you know, Cami Granado kind of making sure that people are filing reports correctly. Um, which, and I think that comes up because of what the reports were before. And yeah. listen, when you come in and take over an organization and those guys are still on your staff, you have access to all of their previous reports. Yeah. It's not like because Benning left, you know, you all these other scouts are going to be like, oh, we better throw out all our previous reports. So they come in and they look at things and they say, listen, this job that you're doing here isn't good enough. And you brought up Cameron Granado now being in charge of a lot of that. And it's worth saying, like, we don't know if that's the case, that these, you know, these guys are filing their reports wrong. Uh, But you're right. Like, Cami Granado does bring a lot of stability uh, to the organization. You know, just having someone there to kind of uh, manage those departments, because it was John Weisbrod before. Yeah, now I think they have higher expectations with somebody directly in that field, directly checking in on their reports every week. Like, this is... This is good. This is progressive for the Vancouver Canucks. More accountability is a good thing. Absolutely. Uh, in any organization, right? Okay, so so we'll move on from the... Uh, Quickly, though, I do find it a little bit interesting. And, like, listen, I get that they're trying to move forward with their current management group, new scouting staff. It is a little interesting that it's only a couple months ahead of the draft. Like, they've got to be leaning on the people that they're keeping quite a bit now because you're asking a lot more of these players when you lose scouts. You're, you're asking more of your other scouts. So we'll see if they have people that they're bringing in or if they're just going to to work with what they have right now up until the draft and then kind of make decisions from there. Yeah. And final thing on this before, uh, before we throw to Dan Milstein, this is totally unrelated to the Canucks, totally unrelated to the firings today, but I was chatting with someone uh, around the league who, who sees these reports that a lot of the, uh, the older scouts and not to be ageist at all. Cause some of them are, you know, some of them are younger as well. Um, but, you know, some of the scouts that are just there to collect a paycheck, which is kind of what you um, you pointed out when you saw some of the scouts that were out in Abbotsford at various times. Again, not Canuck scouts. Uh, well, Kathy Granato was out there. She, she was, was doing a lot of she work. Was, she was typing I'll more than three it. words. But yeah. th- my point is, the, the story I, I heard today was that, you know, th- it's not uncommon to see like three word reports. Like they're like fast, skilled, and, and that's their report. Yeah, no, I, I, I just always think of the two scouts that I saw doing a lot of work out in Abbotsford. Steve Korea, and he's with the Islanders, I believe. Steve Korea, he always had really in-depth reports. I don't know what program he was using, but he was punching a lot of stuff into this program I've never seen before. And Cami Granado had laptops, notebooks, like she was prepared and filling out a lot of reports uh, in the in the couple times I did see her out in Abbotsford before she got hired by the Vancouver Canucks. Yeah, and I don't think that. Uh it's crazy to say the Canucks saw the same thing that you did, Likely, <laughs> and that's yeah. uh, that's why she was brought on. Okay, we will throw to a quick ad break. On the other side, we'll ha- we'll play our conversation that we had with Daniel Klimovich and Andre Kuzmenko's agent Dan Milstein. On the other side of that, you'll get a quick ad break from our friends at Parallel Forty Nine Brewing Company, and then we'll come back. We'll break down what Abbotsford Canucks general manager Ryan Johnson had to say. So here is Dan Milstein joining us now, super agent. Dan Milstein of Gold Star Hockey represents a Vancouver Canucks prospect and Danila Klimovich. We'll get into that in a little bit. But first off, Dan, how you doing? It must be a busy time of the year for you. 
Hey guys, uh, thanks for having me on your show. It is busy time. Uh, just uh, uh, we're gonna have a very busy summer. I'll have about twenty guys entering the NHL draft uh, this year. Plus, we have a number of free agents, uh, uh, and so quite a few contracts to sign and uh, many hands to shake and uh, babies to kiss. <laughs> I, I got to ask a little bit about the the situation that's kind of going on right now. Obviously, with the Stanley Cup playoffs. How do you kind of cheer for teams in the Stanley Cup playoffs? Do you cheer at all? Or are you just rooting for your guys? Like you have so many players and players of yours that are all around the league. How do you kind of watch the the Stanley Cup playoffs, Dan? Well, I just uh, uh, watch my guys. I used to cheer uh, on on my uh, on my clients, and uh, I wish everybody the best. Uh, I've been fortunate the last uh, three or four years that my clients have uh, won the cup every year, and hopefully this year. Uh, one of my clients uh, would win it again, and I can't wait to celebrate this moment with them. I got to ask, when's the last time there's been a year where one of your clients hasn't won the Stanley Cup? Obviously, you've had a couple of good runs here with the Tampa Bay Lightning, but when's the last <laughs> time one of yours hasn't won? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, I've, uh, almost every year one of my clients wins the Stanley Cup, and uh, obviously it was a little unexpected uh, to, to see uh, St. Louis and Adam Barbashev uh, win the Stanley Cup uh, mm-hmm. three seasons ago, but... Uh, you know, I like I said, uh, it's uh, a Stanley Cup is, is is the hardest trophy to win, and I'm extremely excited for the guys, especially you know working with them day in and day out, and watch them uh, go from being just a young uh, prospect to being the superstars on the team, uh, and uh, it, it brings me joy and happiness for them. Absolutely. Well, we didn't get any Stanley Cup playoffs here for the Vancouver Canucks, but our AHL team did get into the playoffs. Uh, one of the players that helped get them to that playoff spot is one of your clients in Danila Klimovich, second round pick from last year. And I know that uh, you and your group was very proud to have him as the first player that signed out of that draft. What were your initial thoughts um, getting Klimovich over here to North America? And what did you think of his rookie season in Abbotsford? So uh, for the last three years, my clients out of second round, are the first ones to sign in the entire draft. Um, so Klimovich uh, was, uh, by the time Danilo uh, was selected 41st overall, by the time the 45th uh, overall name was called, uh, I had Jim Benning on the phone and we were talking about uh, signing Klimovich and bringing them as soon as possible. They were extremely, Vancouver was extremely uh, happy and pleased uh, that he uh, was still available at 41st. And so they wanted to make sure they could sign him right away and he was the very first signing out of last year's draft. Uh, you know, obviously, first year is always a difficult year. Um, and look, I've seen a lot of the media coverage and upset fans that Daniela was a healthy scratch in, in the playoffs. But guys, he's 18, 19 years old, coming to a new country, did not speak the language, never played in North America in his life other than the, you know, the Europeans in Dallas a uh, few months prior to the draft. And it takes a process. Uh, you know, watching... Klim, uh, I also think of um, Igor Serenbovich, New Jersey Devil. Mm. If he shows up the very first year, barely plays any games in the HL. Second year, he plays okay. And then the third year, not only he makes the New Jersey Devils team, but becomes one of their star players and is rewarded with a two-year bridge contract and uh, enjoys life. So um, I think we all have to be patient. We have to trust that... Uh, uh, that uh, Klim is going to be developed into a star player, and good things would happen uh, in Vancouver, not only for Klim, but for the entire team. 
And how did Danilo feel about his first year in Vancouver? Like, what, what, did, did he get comfortable um, with uh, the new country and everything? Like, how did he feel just overall about his first year? Well, Clint Hetrick, that's, uh, uh, I should uh, trademark that. Uh, he <laughs> scores, then he assisted the next game, and then he gets married. <laughs> so, obviously, he's, he's enjoyed quite a bit. I mean, first year, that adjustment, uh, you know, learning English. Um, finding a place to stay, you know, uh, the driver's license, uh, you know, adjusting to the game, uh, you know, understanding um, the coaches. And uh, so first year is always a difficult year. Uh, but uh, now we have a year um, uh, behind us, and uh, we'll look forward into a very good preparation for next year. Uh, the plan is for uh, Danilo to stay in North America this summer, work hard, prepare for next season. So the plan is, for the most part, he would be uh, same in Vancouver, skating, um, and uh, uh, and until the um, he'll be on to great things. I earlier today I um, uh, I had a call with uh, with the general manager Patrick Alden, and um, I, as I understand it, the new arena or the, the locker room is being remodeled. So uh, guys are going to be skating at uh, some other facility, some 15 minutes from the main rink this summer, and uh, they have ice and they have all accommodations, everything. Um, available, so to be staying in the city of Vancouver, preparing for next season. That's exciting. I think the the Klim hat trick is something you probably only want to do once with the marriage mixed in there, though. I guess <laughs> we don't want any more uh, Klim hat tricks down the road. Uh, with his situation, I mean, he scores eight goals, he gets ten assists. Uh, you know, I was out there in Abbotsford a lot, got an opportunity to watch him play a lot of time on the power play. You talk about him developing into a superstar, and you can see the raw talent with his, you know, size, skill, the shot that he has. What are some of the areas do you think he needs to improve on now that he's come to North America? Well, the biggest thing is that adjustment, you know, I mean, some of the things, and I, look, I have many other clients that have uh, perhaps uh, uh, similar, uh, similar things. He's only 18, 19 years old. You know, the body language could be a little bit better because in Europe, you can understand, in uh, here in North America, uh, the coaches are, for the most part, are, uh, you know, they're positively reassuring. Like, oh, clean, you're doing great. Whereas coaches in Russia and Belarus, first you, you get smacked uh, on the helmet, then they yell and scream at you, uh, and then you sort of you don't make the same mistake again. So uh, sometimes it's uh, it's difficult uh, for uh, for some of the European players coming out of Russia and Belarus when you come here and all of a sudden you go from a coach who yells and screams at you for making every mistake to you know being positively assured that hey it's no big deal you know mm-hmm. the things would happen continue working on and stuff like that too. So you know it's just it's an adjustment and uh, uh, he just uh, you know he had a good. Uh, fairly good first year, and now we just have to look forward and build on it uh, to double and triple um, next year and move on. Dan, I want to ask about the playoff situation. He's healthy, scratched in two games. What are your thoughts on that? Look, I uh, you know there's a head coach uh, and uh, coaching staff uh, and development uh, people made that decision, and um, uh, that's all I have to say about that. All right. I want to ask, uh, you mentioned you had a call with Patrick Alvin today. Any discussion about Andre Kuzmenko, who you have as pretty much the top guy coming out of the KHL and, and looking like he's going to make his jump over to North America here, play in the NHL? Uh, I, I was obviously scouting Vasily Pod Colson before he came over here, so I've seen a lot of Kuzmenko play. And man, like to see the improvements that he's made, I think the last six years he's improved his goals and assists. Uh, a guy that just was excellent this year in the KHL. What does he bring to an NHL lineup next season when you look at Kuzmenko? 
Well, Andre is is going to uh, uh, is, is, is going uh, I expect him to be a top six forward uh, with immediate impact on power play. Uh, he's very strong. He's a hard worker. He plays on both sides of the ice, uh, and um, we we expect him to be an, uh, to make an impact uh, from uh, from early uh, on. And uh, he is uh, you know we expect him to be a very good player at the NHL level. His stats are through the roof compared to other superstars that have left uh, uh, the last year of KHL and moved to North America. So when you compare him to some other guys, um, the, he is actually, he, he, uh, analytically speaking, he's ahead of, uh, he's ahead of them all in, in most benchmark categories. So we'll see what happens. I mean, obviously, this is just the stats, and uh, um, there's a substantial interest in uh, Kuzminko. We have a short list of teams. We're speaking to head coaches and general managers, and uh, don't expect a decision anytime soon. But uh, perhaps uh, by the middle of June, uh, give or take, without any specific timeline, uh, we hope to have a uh, to have a team for him. Why does Andre want to come over this year? Like, has it been an option in the past, or is this a year where he feels confident enough to say, like, I can be an impact player in the NHL now? Well, I mean, you know, some teams, including Patrick Carlin as a scout and, a scout and an assistant general manager for Pittsburgh Penguins, has been watching him for a long time. I think Patrick's seen him for the first time back in 2013. So he's been heavily scouted for the last, uh, uh, for the last nine years. I, uh, um, so, and I have a funny story how I got this kid, if you ask me, I'll tell you. But, uh, <laughs> uh, but Andre is 26 years old. Uh, he was, uh, uh, he, his four-year contract just expired. Uh, and um, so this is the first opportunity uh, he gets to come to North America. And being that he's 26 years old, uh, this is a perfect opportunity to come in, into the league and uh, to to make an impact. I got to ask: Is there any, I guess, kind of help for the Vancouver Canucks, knowing the fact that Kuzmenko was a teammate of Vasily Podkolzin in the past? And I, I don't think they were they weren't line mates like all year long. But I do remember seeing some injuries in COVID, and they were playing together at certain points. Does that help uh, Vancouver Canucks' case to get Kuzmenko as one of their uh, landing spots here? Well, I, I can't. You know, I mean, obviously there are many factors that go in, and uh, uh, just uh, I mean, like, uh, hockey hockey business is, is, is fairly small. Right, uh, so everybody has played with everybody or against uh, each other through their careers. So you, you know, when you look at uh, coming to North America, you don't select a team just because you have a, you have somebody you used to play with uh, mm-hmm. on that particular team. So I mean, certainly, you know, just the treatment, uh, you know, the certain players have gotten on the team should definitely be uh, considered. Uh, but uh, but this isn't a major focal point as to why somebody should, in my opinion, should select a team. Uh, just based on the fact that uh, there is not a uh, hockey player that uh, they used to play with at some level. And I guess final question for you about Kuzmenko, and, and we'll wrap up the interview on this. What are your thoughts when you see, I guess one of the things for Kuzmenko that you'd like to see is that he could be a top six player in the NHL. Do you see a landing spot in Vancouver and, and sort of a fit for that with uh, with your player? Uh, of course, Vancouver is uh, is definitely on the list. And like I said, we've been talking to uh, we've been talking to uh, Vancouver executives uh, uh, for for a very long time. So uh, for sure, uh, Vancouver's on the list. I mean, it's a great city, uh, very passionate fans, uh, good uh, uh, good place to play, a, a good team. You guys uh, have a coaching and uh, stable management, um, and so uh, you guys uh, and fans in Vancouver should be excited for many years. What's what's about to come? You know, based on what I've heard, I um, I'm, I'm excited. 
Absolutely. Well, Dan, we are too, and uh, we're excited to get you on the show here. Appreciate you taking the time today, Dan. My pleasure. And before we go any further into the episode, I want to give a shout out to Parallel 49 Brewing. You guys can find Parallel 49 beer all across BC and Alberta. And right now we want to give a quick shout out to the Unparalleled Pack featuring four of the P49 favorites. The Trash Panda, the Filthy Dirty, the Jerkface 9000, and the Hillbilly Ninja. My favorite of the four there, the Jerkface 9000, the Pink Can. Something good about those cans there, Parallel 49. So go out and try them. You can find them in most liquor stores across BC and Alberta. And a massive thank you to, of course, Dan Milstein and Parallel 49 Brewing for sponsoring the podcast. Speaking of which, Chris, it is time for our episode 260 poll question. A lot of good stuff from Milstein in that interview. Uh, We chatted a little bit about Abbotsford. And the question on everybody's mind right now, Chris, after Abbotsford gets swept against Bakersfield is... What are they doing down in Abbotsford? It doesn't appear like they're developing many prospects. They're not winning games. They're not bringing playoff revenue despite having one of the highest payrolls in the AHL, which, you know, that's going to bother ownership a little bit. But our question today brought to you by Atlas Goods. Check out atlasgds.com. Use promo code CC15 to get 15% off your first order of pop rinds, which are the best fresh pork rinds straight out of your microwave or air fryer. Our question today, how satisfied are you with the Canucks AHL development? Very satisfied. They've done okay. Not satisfied. And as always, I'm angry. Chris, right now, leading the vote with 50% of the vote, not satisfied. 50% of people saying they are not satisfied. Just 2% say they are very satisfied. 33% say they've done okay. And 15% of people say I'm angry. So if you add those together, I, you know, assuming the I'm angry crowd is also saying that they are not satisfied, maybe they're beyond not satisfied, that's 65% of the voters in this poll saying they are not happy with what's going, done, going on down in Abbotsford. Yeah, and I think... Um... Like they, if you just look at the players that they've developed on this Vancouver Canucks team right now, what can you name? What can you name? Which player? Thatcher Demko. Thatcher right? Demko has come through uh, Utica, which is good. Great. It's a goaltender, but he was also pushing his way to get out of Utica as quick as possible. And his agent uh, seemed to help get him to the NHL. Uh, if you remember that push, uh, geez, a couple of years ago now. And yeah, it's like, what other players have they brought up? Will Lockwood. Developed in the HL for a couple of years. He made a good little impact in his first little run. Was injured for the rest of the, the the remainder of the little bit at the end of the season there. And we heard RJ kind of give an update on that as well. That nothing super long term. He was actually skating with the team uh, in Bakersfield, which is what I tweeted the other day. That you know all six of those players that were sent down traveled. I was wasn't sure on Lockwood's health, and yeah, he didn't get into any of those two games. But the big takeaway I had from there was that you know. And fairly so, Ryan Johnson's very disappointed with how that team performed in the playoffs. And I think he told us that they were going to make some decisions on some of the the players that you mentioned that they spent a lot of money on to go out there and be guys that you could trust in the HL playoffs. And some of those players weren't able to step up for them. And, and RJ said that he's got to make some tough decisions. I, I thought he handled himself pretty well in the media availability today. There's a few things that you'd like to probably want to question, and I'm sure you'll bring up a few of those things. But talked about being excited for the investment coming from the owner here into the Abbotsford organization, how important it is to bring hockey to the Fraser Valley and really the, the strong performance that they had in their final 42 games with 29 wins in those 42 games to get them into a playoff spot. Still though, 
this was a team that should have been going deep into the playoffs. This is a team that should have had home playoff games out in Abbotsford. This is a team that was a lot of, you know, people in the AHL, you see them writing about the playoffs. A lot of the AHL writers had this team as a team that was going to go very far and, and some as the Calder Cup favorite. So it's a massive disappointment to see them get swept in two games to the Bakerfield Condors and not really look good at all. Like they didn't play up to their potential at all. I thought in those two games. So yeah, th- this should be very disappointing. And, you know, you asked a good question about Daniela Klimovic as well, and I found it kind of interesting. And you can correct me if I'm wrong here, but I think it was Ryan Johnson who made the decision to to not have Klimovic in the lineup, right? He alluded to that. He said, uh, I need to see some accountability from players, especially down the stretch. Uh, and basically, you know, that was his answer when I asked why uh, Klimovic was scratched. And I think the bigger head scratcher here, Chris, is, you know, Jet Wu, who is this organization's top right defense prospect, playing forward right like he talked about woo a bit and we'll have an article uh, up on canucks army cody severson's going to be working on something a little feature about jet woo and what rather or not rutherford excuse me what ryan johnson had to say about him today but you know this was a really tough year for jet woo like your top right defense prospect is not able to get into the lineup he's playing as a winger when he gets into the lineup it's like what are you developing here? You're, you're, it's a development league, and you're not using it as such. I like. I don't think Jet Wu is a very good forward in the AHL. I I was very not like I can un, I actually can understand why Klimovich wouldn't be in the lineup. From if you're putting the best twelve players on the ice, okay. If you're putting the best twelve players on the ice, and that's what you want, your best twelve or sorry, your best twelve forwards. If you're putting your best twelve forwards on the ice for Abbotsford. I don't know if when you add Pod Coles and you add Rempel, you add Drys. I don't know if Klimovich is one of the top 12, but I don't think Jet Wu is either. Jet Wu's not one of the top 12 forwards. To me, like you look at players, I would have in a second picked Tristan Nielsen to go out there and play. Tristan Nielsen had a hat trick earlier this year. He's a player that brings a ton of speed. Abbotsford was out skated. They were, I mean, Bakersfield was skating all over them. A player like Tristan Nielsen, who's an actual forward, Jet Wu doesn't play, he doesn't have just like the knowledge of playing forward. There was times he looked lost on the ice where he didn't know when to break out or when to come back and defend. Like it felt like a lot of time when Jet Wu's on the ice, it was just like three defensemen skating around in their own zone, just chasing the puck. So I thought that that was a really questionable decision on, on what the, what the Abbotsford Canucks trotted out for their lineup. And I know that Jet Wu's been playing forward for a while at the end of the year, but like he's got one assist in his last 28 games. Okay, one assist in your last 28 games. You can't do that as a forward. Like you just can't do that, man. And still be in the lineup. I'm sorry. Like I, I, I thought that was a really questionable spot. I still like, I know I said that maybe Klimovich wasn't one of the top 12 forwards. You have to play him there. And, like, and, you and have to play him there. Cause this is, this is a developmental league. Okay. It's about development. And I know that there was times where Klimovich was pretty pissed off in the final two games against Winnipeg or Manitoba, the Manitoba moose. And like slash a stick a couple times on the ice. Wasn't very happy. I'm sorry, man. This is a developmental league. You have to play your second best prospect in the, in your whole system. If he has a chance to play in an HL playoff game, you got to play him. And that's the thing. that That's what I keep coming back to is everybody talks about, oh, playoff experience. It's so important. AHL playoff experience. This is going to be huge for him. And they sit him. Like they, they, they healthy scratch him for a defenseman. And that's the thing, Chris, is it's not like we talk about it being a developmental league, but man, you are just tanking with two birds with one stone, two second round picks for your team, right? 
I'm sorry if I'm yelling a little bit, but two second round picks in one fell swoop. When you fill out that lineup card, you are hurting the development of two of your prospects. Like two of them in one decision. It makes no sense to me. No, I know you're. Yeah, I, I, I didn't like to see it. I, and, I, and like I said, like it, it's not even just about. And Ryan Johnson talked about this. He's like, I wanted to, he said a, something to the lines of he wanted to see, or he wanted to let Klinovich watch pod Colson and watch how pod Colson works. Why not have him on the bench with them then? Like, why not have him on the fourth line playing whatever, you know, seven minutes of five on five in the game and getting some time on the second power play unit. Why not have him in the battle with pod Colson then or something like that? I just, I don't like, I think that was a big mistake to not play Daniel Klinovich and let, like, you know, I'm not a coach. Right. And everyone tell some people tell me is you don't know much. You don't know more than Bruce Boudreau. You're not a coach. Well, I probably don't know much more than Trent Cole about being a coach either. Cause he's made it to the NHL as a coach. Okay. Oh. So the people, all well, the commenters on, on freaking Canucks army tell me that I'm an idiot for every roster decision. I think was wrong. So I'm probably wrong about this too. Then according to those same people, but I just, to me, I would have had Klimovich in that game simply like as to showcase what the AHL's process is about. It's about developing your prospects in the AHL. I get that you want to go on a Calder Cup run, but then when you lose the two games where you sat your prospect, that's a great look. It's two L's dumped into two losses in total. Like you, you get eliminated and you don't get the opportunity for your prospect to see what AHL playoffs is about. It sucks. It sucks. It, it does sucks suck. And, and Milstein, we asked him about it. Milstein did not take the bait, <laughs> did not want to uh, say anything beyond uh, that was their decision, and that's all. So. I don't know if he was. I don't think he prepared for a lot of the questions we were going to ask. I think he was pretty honest about everything, as you guys heard in the interview there. But that was one that I think he was prepared to not comment on. Yeah. So yeah, and quickly back to the Milstein stuff before we go any further. I found it pretty interesting how he just said like near the end of the interview there how Canucks fans should be excited for you know it's a beautiful city they have a good coach, good team, and a stable management group. Moving forward, he said, like, be excited. I, I don't know. Did I take the bait there thinking that they should be excited for Kuzmenko too much for him to say Canucks fans should be excited? Well, that's that's an interesting thing and something I want to ask you about, Chris, because if you ask uh, Milstein where Kuzmenko's going to slot in, he said, yeah, first power play unit, first penalty kill, Ooh. first line. But from in your humble opinion, where does Andre Kuzmenko slot in if he signs with the Canucks? Yeah, so the thing about Kuzmenko that I loved when I watched him play for Scott was like his effort levels through the roof. Like it definitely is. Like Milstein was bang on with that. He is a player who skates hard. He's not like six foot four and bangs the body around and just crushes people. But you know he's he's built for a five eleven guy. He's a grown ass man at twenty six years old. He can he can throw hits with consistency and, and do a little bit of damage on those hits. He, but the thing is he's gonna do them so much and so often that it's it is a player that brings a ton of energy to a game. He's gonna be a winger. He's not a center. Um so I, I'm gonna find it pretty hard for him to slot into a top six line, depending on how he fits though, right? I mean, you know, I thought Pod Colson's offense really improved when he made the jump from the KHL over to the NHL with maybe the systems, the way that they play. Maybe because Manko's the same type of player where he jumps in and even looks even better. He's improved his last six years in the KHL. He seems to be on an upward trend, even if he is twenty six years old. He's in the prime of his career. I don't think he's a top six like with a bullet, he's a top six player at a camp, but there's a chance. Like I think you have to try him in the top six in some preseason games to see what he looks like. If you do land him here in Vancouver, like why not? Why not see what the second best score in the KHL looks like in your top six? 
Maybe that's something that can help you maybe push down a Pod Colson or push down a Huglander or, or push down, you know, a player that kind of, you know, maybe Connor Garland who could bring that bottom six matchup that he just crushes at at five on five. Like maybe because Mako can help you that way. So I'm not going to say that he's not a top six forward. I just wouldn't be betting on it right now. But you have to give him that opportunity in preseason. Ryan Johnson, when he spoke today, Chris, uh, he was asked explicitly about the coaching staff. Actually, he was asked by me after you fed me the question. But regardless, yeah, I was like, Quads, you had really good questions in there. Little do people know I wrote one of them and you read word for word, which was excellent. And it was good. You, <laughs> no, I'm glad you asked it. But I asked the Klimovich one You're by Klimovich. myself. Yeah, you did, did that, that all well. by yourself, I man. I did that good well. Job. I did that extremely well. Regardless, uh, Ryan Johnson gets asked about the coaching staff's contract status uh, and the overall job he did. I, I asked how he felt about them in developing prospects specifically. And, and kudos to RJ. Well, he, I wrote the question. What you asked was, is this the right staff to develop prospects? Yeah. And, and kudos the, to RJ because that was an easy question to dodge, especially the Klimovich one too. Like I asked you, him RJ, two like, questions that he could have dodged and he didn't. He does a really good job of like, you can ask a long question and he hits on every part of it. He does answer yeah. the questions really well. I think... I think that's why like management might like him is like he is very like accountable and very honest with a lot of things, which is good. And he'll like he listens to your question, he thinks about it, gives thoughtful long like I showed you today, very long answers. But was very surprising to hear the quote. Couldn't be happier with the job that they have done since day one. And your thoughts on that because you are the one that watches this team and you have watched this team when they were the Utica Comets, obviously. Uh, You know, you've watched them more than I have, but as an outside observer, and not even outside, I shouldn't call myself that, but as somebody who doesn't watch every game and just sees the results, I'm sorry, but RJ telling me that, you know, uh, well, look, we have. we have Jonah Gadjevich, Zach McHugh, and Cole Lynn. Look at these. Look at these developmental wins. Sorry, like those those first two guys I mentioned are on the some of the worst teams in the NHL playing minutes, and some Gadjevich can't even get into the lineup and stay there. Um, McEwen had a great year in Philadelphia, sure, but again, we're one of the worst teams in the NHL. Oh yeah, it's three players that are barely in the lineup that didn't make the playoffs in their. Did teams. you teach Zach McEwen how to fight? Because that's how he's staying in the league. Now. Yeah, I mean, here's the thing, like. So I can see where you can look at Trent Call's season and say he did a really good job in these spots. Okay, here's please, please do, I, and this is what I'm going to tell you: the spots where Trent Call did a good job this year was getting the best AHL career, like career years, out of a lot of players. Sheldon Rempel, what did RJ say today? Rempel's had two four goal seasons before coming into this year and scoring 69 points, and a nice year for him, like. A top, a top of his career scoring for him. Sheldon Dries has a career year. John Stevens like triples his most recent strong performance. Trent Cole does a pretty good job of getting the best out of his AHL players to play in the AHL. Like he's he's able to to string together an AHL lineup and do a pretty good job of and honestly do a really good job. Like he, there was a lot of players on the outside Canucks this year that had career years. They had really good seasons. They had really good years in the AHL. But if you look at the AHL team and you look at it as a developmental league, how many players in prospects took massive steps in development this year? And I think this year is the first year that I can say that there was a few that I really liked. Like I liked what Cole Lynn did a couple of years ago in Utica. I'll give Trent Cole credit there. He had a, he did a, something with, with Cole Lynn that got him into a much better season in the AHL. Give him credit for what he did. Give him credit for Zach McEwen finding a role in the AHL and, and being at his best that gave him enough potential to get to the NHL. 
Now you have to see it from Jack Rathbone. You have to see it from Will Lockwood. I personally think that Chase Waters is a player that if he can continue to develop, there might be a chance for him to slide into a fourth line down the road or be a guy that is a potential call-up. Now it's just like it's been five years of call. He needs to like really have a big year, kind of needed to have it this year. And he did with a lot of players that play in the AHL, and that's it. And nobody cares about that. That's what I'm saying. Like... You okay? And I'm well, willing do, to I, listen. I know you do, but nobody does. Yeah, well, I care about it. <laughs> yeah, but come on. Uh, the main thing, Chris, is that you need Jack Rathbone to really flourish, right? Like the next time we see Jack Rathbone in an NHL game, he better look improved. I if tell he, you, if he, he looks is. the exact same when he comes up here, and, and yeah, he looks great in the AHL, and he looks he looks better. He looks like he's defending better. I get all that. But if he comes up to the NHL and he can't do anything more than third pair minutes, that's a developmental fail because that's a player with a ton of upside that should hit. Number one prospect in the system. By far. And to me, I've seen improvements defensively from Jack Rathbone from the start of the year to this point. But here's the other thing that RJ said. He's seen a massive leap in Danila Klimovic's game from the start of the season to where he was at at the end of the season. He also didn't play in the playoffs. So how much of a yep. developmental leap did he take? If he wasn't able, if he was able to make the roster play on the team, play regular minutes in a third or fourth line role, a couple times in the top six, not a lot. If he was able to take a, a huge step developmentally, why wasn't he in a playoff game? That's a huge question that you have to ask from this group. And like I said, I think Trent Cole does a really good job of coaching an AHL team and getting the best out of his AHL players. Is it, it Does he do much more than that? I don't know. I think you I, might need to surround him with better developmental coaches. I think they did that this year with Mackenzie Braid, who you could clearly see working with players before and after practice on their skating. I don't know if they did that in Utica. I wasn't on the ground in Utica. I didn't see Ben Burnell tweeting about that often in Utica, though. So this year, it looks like they've added some things. Ian Beckenstein has been a player that, or a guy that they've added for their video analysis, uh, video analysis as well as working on analytics. That's good. But I think they need to add a lot more to that group. I think there needs to be, uh, you know, a strong view on strength and conditioning, a strong view on nutrition, like work all of these things that I think Jim Rutherford has an eye on for Abbotsford, get them a better locker room. Cause I didn't hear good things about the locker room out there in Abbotsford. There's a lot of things that you can do to improve this organization franchise. And I think it's, it's for Trent call. Like he does a fine job of coaching in the HL. Okay. He went on a 29, 11 and two record run to finish the season while missing a ton of players and having players taken out of his lineup every game. But to me, like you need to see the development now, now that he's in Abbotsford, you need to see development from these players. This is, is this is a fifth year. This is fifth year as the HL coach. I just want to go back to that for a second, because you know, you say he does a good job coaching the AHL. Why did the Abbotsford Canucks, when they're the favorite, get bounced in the first round by Bakersfield? Like, yeah. it, no, you're that, right. And that's why I think there's this huge gripe, Chris, is it's not only you you put Jet Wu at forward and Daniel Klimovich is, is healthy scratched, right? It's not only that. It's also that your competitive team couldn't get a win in the playoffs. So what is it that you're doing? Because you're not developing prospects. And you're not winning hockey games. So what is it that you're doing? Right? I think that's where a lot of people's frustrations are coming in right now. Yeah. And I think you have to look at the season as a massive disappointment. Because if and you, I think RJ does. But yeah. it, I don't think he's willing to make any changes. Based on what we heard today, it, it's a massive disappointment. But we're going to try again next year. Yeah. And the entire coaching staff will be back. Well, 
the entire coaches has has contracts yes. to next year. Does not mean they'll be back, but it sure sounded like they will. Yeah, be. I think what what I'd like to see is a lot of changes to 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 help those these players develop out there in Abbotsford. Trent Cole gets one more go, but that's I mean next year there has there's if he was on the hot seat right now and Canucks fans seem to be putting Trent Cole on the hot seat. Next year he's for sure on the hot seat. He needs to do wonders with the team when they invest in this organization again. You need to have a really good coach if you want to be the best AHL franchise in the league. And that's what Jim Rutherford wants. He wants us to be the best AHL franchise. Those was his quote. And he like cut off a reporter so that he could get that in there in his press conference on Tuesday. So he needs a really good AHL coach. He needs a really good AHL coach that develops. And here's the other thing about Rutherford that you've noticed. A lot of the coaches that Rutherford has in the AHL are the guys that he calls up to the NHL when they do fire a coach or whatever they do with the coach. Or if they lose Boudreaux. Like, is Trent Cole the guy who's going to come up and coach if Boudreaux's not back next year? Absolutely not. Canucks aren't going to promote Trent Cole to the NHL head coach if Boudreaux ends up, you know, going to Toronto if whatever this happens where Keith gets fired after losing the first round and Boudreaux goes there. Trent Cole's not coming up to the NHL. I pers- I still think, I like, I'm still curious to see what happens with the new management making decisions on Abbotsford because we know Ryan Johnson's really confident in his coaching staff. And we know that the new management of Rutherford and Alvin are really confident in Ryan Johnson. So to me, that makes sense that we are going to see Trent call back next year. He's under contract and I expect him to be the coach of the Abbotsford Canucks next year. Okay. Quickly, before we wrap up your quick prospects report for me, you hear that Chris, what the hell? Archer Silovs, uh, going to Latvia, basically got the invite, uh, from Team Latvia at the World Championships, basically as soon as Abbotsford was eliminated, he will be joining Elvis Merzlikens, uh, or Merzlikens. Merzlikens is what Ian Clark calls him. Uh, again, uh, this is another goaltender in Merzlikens that was, uh, you know, discovered by Ian Clark and drafted by Ian Clark when he was with Columbus. Uh, so these two have something in common, despite both being. Latvian. So they will be with the Latvian national team at the world championships. Again, like I said to Ian Clark, uh, trained goaltenders together. Cool. Good stuff. And hopefully, the final thing, or sorry, do you have something on that? I do have a prospect report, but hopefully, uh, uh, sea loves gets, uh, gets a game in here. Or there. That'd be great. He'll, he'll get a game probably if he's back up. Yeah. He's not third string, right? Like it's going to be, I think he's back up. Okay, good. Good for him. Then he'll probably get a game. Yeah. That's exciting. Uh, do you have anything else on prospects? Cause I have one. Oh, last I got thing. Lucas Forzell. Okay, go ahead. Uh, so found uh, found a little access here, little inside access to some SHL advanced stats. Here, let me just quickly read off this one about Lucas Forcell. Finished the season with a fifty two point six percent Corsi, and I got a lot of replies that we don't know what Corsi is. We don't know what Corsi is. Here's a simple version of it: it's how many shots get attempted while you're on the ice. So fifty two percent of the time they're in Forcell's team shots. So they're attempting shots 52% of the time. And then like 47% of the time shots are coming at them. That's good. You want to have over 50%. Um, so aside from that, it was impressive at 52.6 because the team finished with 48.8%. So that's like a 4% bump that Forcell brings just in his own. That's a huge boost to the team. And he was third on his SHL team uh, with minimum 20 games played. So little impressive stuff good there for Forcell. Seventh round pick. Uh, a couple more years in the SHL before he comes over here. I expect him to be in Abbotsford in a couple of years. It's going to be a lot of fun to see what this kid can do. I tell you, I like it. And I've been scouting up a storm on some SHL lately. I've got uh, got some work to do, but uh, working on a Marco Casper piece right now, I tell you, man, this kid, this Casper kid, Canucks pick at 15. 
Like I haven't done the full scouting of a lot of these players as much as I've done on Casper so far. Like I spent, I think I've seen every playoff game of his and a good handful, well, a couple handfuls of his SHL games. He's he's really fun to watch. He's an aggressive player, really good at like helping breakouts for defensemen, really good on the forecheck, plays net front. He plays in the SHL and he plays a physical game, man. I I, I like Casper a lot. I think he's going to be in a big role next year in the SHL, and I don't think he's far away from being an NHL player, just seeing the way that he plays in the SHL. I like Casper. There'll be a big full report here on Canucks Army later. That, uh, early next week, I guess, we'll get it out there. Looking forward to it. Final thing on the day. Uh, Elliot Friedman and Rick Dollywall both brought this up. Travis Green uh, going to be interviewing for some NHL jobs, champing at the bid to... Uh, what the? That's what uh, Donnie told Dolly that it was today. Because Dollywall said he's chomping at the bit. Yeah, that's it. And Donnie said it's champing at the bit. No, it's not. It's from horse racing, apparently, which Donnie knows a lot about. Chomping at the bit. That's what I would have said. Yeah, I think that's what I would have said, too. Regardless, Travis Green is itching to get back into uh NHL Ooh. coaching job. Um, Keep his tan and, and down Dolly there Wall, in Vegas. Dollywall said not to, not to tweet it, so we'll put it on a podcast. Dollywall linked him to the Winnipeg Jets. Ooh. So uh, we'll have to see. Uh, Kevin Shoveldayoff and Travis Green have a relationship uh, with one another. I believe they played together uh, or something happened. I can't remember where. I think it was with the Islanders. Something happened between them two in the past. Yeah, they know each other. They know each other. So something to keep an eye on for sure. Travis Green uh, looking to make a return to the NHL. Okay, we're done. Yeah, do you have anything else? Yeah, I got a long night of building IKEA stuff again. You and I built the IKEA stuff in my apartment. Crushed it. No, we didn't crush it. We had things Aww. backwards, holes going in the wrong direction. We get to the end and this thing's flipped the wrong way. Oh, I gotta whatever. do it all again tonight. That, you told me you're a super super builder. Yeah, we made one mistake. Yeah, but dude, we built a bed when my girlfriend built like six different IKEA things in this in the other room while okay, we were building okay. the one bed. No offense. No offense to her. Yeah. Or you. But it's a it's a bookshelf. What did she build? What did she build? Like a shelf or something? She, she built, built like, like a table. She built like two chairs. Easy. She built a table. Easy. She built in the laptop desk, like a little laptop easy. holder. All easy. And then, and then two other chairs. That's like basic. Well, we built a bed frame. We should have told her to build a bed. I really like your girlfriend. It really. I'm making it sound like I'm like yeah. mad at her. I'm not mad at her. I like oh, her she, a lot. Well, she's always mad at you too because ah, I always okay. go, you and I are always going out for these things. I tell her we're going for a business lunch, and she's like, "You guys don't talk any business <laughs> at those lunches. You just go out and have lunch." And I was like, "No, it's a business lunch. It's a write off." Yeah, we'll write it off if we if one of us is wearing a Canucks Convo shirt. It's a business. It lunch. counts exactly. So one of us always has to be wearing. I like building IKEA but now stuff. I, yeah, I don't. I got a big night ahead of me now, but. Final, like the apartment's almost, uh, I think after this, I don't need to buy any more stuff from Ikea. And we got a couch that we ordered that uh, that's coming in like two to three weeks. Excellent. You ever been on that, uh, this whole Wayfair thing? You ever been on there? No, never. Me neither. But the, and you know what? Remember when you bought a couch and I was like, don't buy one without sitting on it. You know what I just You did? were right. I just bought one without no. sitting on it. No. Yep. But it's got 4.3 stars on the review. So like. But, but you know, you. You were the one that gave me this advice. I can't believe I'm the one telling this to you. Yeah, but here's the Everybody's problem. butt's different, right? So so a 4.3 review, I might give a couch a 4.3 review, yep. but you might say this is a one well, star. The, well, here's the thing. There's like 1,800 reviews. Okay. So I was like, okay, this is a pretty good sample size for reviews. Okay. To sit at 4.3, I mean, people are people are like always bitching online. Yeah, that's fair. Right? So like people, there was a lot of one star reviews of people like, the the pegs i didn't know how to get the pegs to screw in and then the 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 couch was weird it was not what i thought it was going to be and it's like well why are you giving a one star review there's people freaking coming in here reviewing the podcast i here. know 
Give me one star reviews. Yeah, but here's the thing: you you notice that sometimes when there's one star reviews on like furniture, it's like okay, so this person clearly doesn't know how to follow directions. I like was buying an IKEA desk and I like built it; it was fine. I was like, I wonder what the reviews are. It's like I didn't figure out the screw. It's like. Well, that's your fault. Yeah, like, like they were like, the, reviews like, will be the like, screw is really hard to turn. How are you supposed to build the couch without a crescent wrench? Why didn't you include a crescent wrench? Like, dude, get your own damn crescent <laughs> wrench. It's not that hard to do. Uh, I don't know. But then that's the thing. So I was like reading the actual like legit reviews of people. And yeah, there's a lot of five star reviews. So I, I'm fine with the couch. And listen, it's the perfect fit. My girlfriend sent me like the, the dimensions. And she's like, I need a couch, the longest it can go, 66 inches this way, 95 inches this way. What do I find? A couch that's 95 inches, 95.25 inches, and 65 the other way. I had I, This thing is literally, it's three quarters of an inch off of what she wanted. Wow. I nailed this couch. boy. I'm so excited. I'm, I'm excited to see Two it. Two to three weeks. Not have to sit on patio furniture. When oh, I, come to your place. I know. That's the problem. I freaking patio furniture. You sit on that or totes right now. That's all we got in the living room. <laughs> Anyways, okay. We gotta go. I gotta go to IKEA. I gotta go pick this stuff up. Yeah, you gotta go pick this stuff up. Okay, for my co-host Chris Faber, who's on his way to IKEA. My name is actually go to nationgear.ca. Pick up, pick yourself up a EP40 IKEA shirt. We gotta plug Nation Gear more. Oh, that's right. Yeah, those are pretty nice shirts. The IKEA logo says EP40 instead. Nation Gear guys. Yeah, says Canucks Army on the on the sleeve. Very nice T-shirt. Go get yourself one. Nationgear.ca. For my co-host Chris Faber, my name is David Guadrelli. Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Canucks Conversation. Thanks for listening to Canucks Conversation. Delivered by DoorDash. Hit the subscribe button to never miss an episode. How about keep it to a thank you, Jim? Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.